I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am so excited to have my next guest here. We have Bonnie Bernstein, who is just an incredible human being, but also you might recognize her from the uh, sports journalism that she has been known for for many, many years. But she is now an entrepreneur. Uh, She is a host and an executive producer of an incredible, incredible podcast series that is on Audible called She Got Game, Inspiring Women Inspired by Sports. And you have to, have to, have to listen to it. I was uh, finishing it last night. Uh, and listening as I was finishing a few other projects at the same time and and was getting um, a little off because I was so enthralled with so many of these conversations. So it was really, really, really great. So uh, anyway, the production company is called Walk Swiftly Productions. Uh, she's going to be doing um, some other things, I'm sure, in the future, too. But this incredible series celebrates the Title IX's 50th anniversary, focusing on famous elite women athletes and highlighting lessons that they have learned along the way. And the series spotlights 10 extraordinary women whose grit, teamwork, perseverance, and resilience learned through sports has empowered them to reach the top of their respective professional mountaintops. And I can't wait to hear more about background of all of this, not just of the incredible people on uh, the series, but also Bonnie, because she is a total badass. And I'm so excited (laughs) to have her on here uh, to talk more about this. She's usually the one doing the interviewing. So uh, no pressure at all for me here. I've heard enough of your podcast episodes to know that you know your way around an interview. So I, I, I feel, I feel really good about this. <laughs> You're so fun. Well, between you and Mike Greenberg, it's, uh, it's been uh, quite a few uh, <laughs> nice cross pollinating. I just got Mike's book in literally yesterday. I know. I can't even show because my dad, I. I tell my dad when I do press, but my dad's getting this for Father's Day. And so I'm not going to tell my dad about this podcast until after Father's Day. Yeah, well, it's uh, it def- definitely we had um, we had a love fest on a, a few of these female athletes that he named their number in there, including Chris Ebert. Um, uh, so it's uh, Tina and Billie Jean King. And it was totally it's, awesome. it's it, yeah it's such a, it's such a good book so uh so anyway but on to your project so talk <laughs> to me a little bit about first of all welcome very very excited yeah uh so before we get into hearing all about uh the series i just want to know like who is bonnie and how did how did you end up in school and, and how did you who, get here yes how did you get how did here? I get here um, well, I'm not going to go into the nitty gritty of how the whole like 
I was born because I think we know that at this point. But I I wound up in sports because my parents were diehard sports fans at a time when I jokingly say I was I was the uh, I was the human clicker <laughs> when we were growing up, Carrie, you and I like there was not a remote control. We were manually changing. And if I had to put a percentage on how much sports wound up on our TV when I was a kid versus any other type of programming, I would say 80% of what we watched as kids was sports because my parents were diehard football fans and baseball fans and fans of other sports. But really, for me, the New York Giants and the New York Mets, I think when the Mets won the 86 series, I had to watch 160 of 162 of their regular season games. And so, you know, as we are all products of our environments, I fell in love with sports because my parents loved sports. And at a very early age, I realized I loved writing. And so I had this epiphany when I was probably in my early teens, which I feel really fortunate for because, you know, sometimes it takes people to figure out what touches their heart and gives them direction. But I realized really early on that I wanted to be a sports writer. And so everything I did from activities in high school, not only playing sports, but writing sports articles for the high school paper to choosing the university I went to. I went to Maryland, which has a wonderful journalism school and a great gymnastics program, and then worked for the radio station, the TV station, the campus newspaper, all the things, did the internships, worked in some local markets. And then I was hired by ESPN when I was 24 years old and had the chance to cover the second three-peat for the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Jill Jackson and which was an amazing experience and was there for three years at ESPN and then went to CBS and did sideline reporting for the NFL and college basketball, was there for quite some time, bounced back to ESPN, got into hosting. But I think during my second stint at ESPN is where I realized there was this entrepreneur. Thinking about what's for dinner, but you haven't had a minute to even think about it before now. Well, let's not make that mistake again. I have a tip for you. Factor. Stress-free, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, just perfect for spring and summer yumminess. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes or less. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, keto, vegan, veggie, or calorie smart. Factor has you covered. Discover more than 60 add-ons every week, too, like breakfast and on-the-go lunch choices, snacks and beverages now, too. Stay fueled and feel good all day long with whatever they are creating over at Factor for you. And the best part? Each meal is ready to eat in just two minutes or less. And who wouldn't want that? Factor is your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. Get started today and fuel up for your spring and summer goals. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash golden50 and use code golden50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code golden50 at factormeals.com slash golden50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's code GOLDEN50 at factormeals.com slash GOLDEN50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active.
in today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, The Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is Super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of The Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for The Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. Real bug that needed to be handled. And that was at the point when I realized, okay, I want to do this. I want to go into business for myself. I have a passion for creating things and taking things from concept to market, but I need other skill sets. Uh, I need to learn about budgeting and P&L and all of the different aspects of our industry that you don't have access to was talent. And so um, went to work for Jerry Reinsdorf's digital media company, which is called Silver Chalice. He owns the White Sox and the Bulls. Learned all of those aforementioned things I needed to learn and then started my production company. I've been very fortunate to do some really cool projects, including She Got Game Inspiring Women Inspired by Sports. That is so cool. Well, I just, I feel like you're, I mean, you were a gymnast. You're an all-American gymnast. I was a gymnast, but I was uh, not at your level, uh, <laughs> but was uh, through high school. And I, uh, we also had a a rule in our house. We had five kids in our house. I was the youngest. And my, we didn't have a lot of rules, but there was one rule that my parents had, which was everyone had to always be in a sport. I mean, it was just, I thought everybody did, you know, and so my sister was a swimmer. I was a gymnast and a runner. My 
brothers did baseball and and football and you know my dad was always coaching and it was just constantly there were some sports that I wasn't very good at I was terrible at softball but I also learned like I could laugh at myself and I could appreciate people who were better than me and <laughs> all of these right at certain things I was much better on the uneven bars than some people who were playing shortstop and that was I right but you you learn so much in sports that I think is is uh, super valuable. So I I loved loved the the interviews uh, that you did. So why did you decide at this time to create this? I was, as you mentioned, this is in part a celebration of the 50th anniversary of Title IX. For some of your listeners who that may sort of be going over their head, that's the very famous federal law that was passed in 1972 that it's it's a gender equity law for all intents and purposes. But as it so pertains to sports, it put girls and young women on a much more level playing field, opened so many more doors for girls and women to participate in sports than ever existed. And I'm a beneficiary of Title IX I did gymnastics. I played soccer. I did a little bit of softball. I did track and field in high school. I walked on to Maryland's gymnastics team. I was fortunate enough to earn a full scholarship. But when I think about how much of who I am and what empowered me to navigate this predominantly male industry of sports journalism and sports broadcasting, the intestinal fortitude and all of the skill sets that I learned the life skills I learned as an athlete have been so critical to empowering me to do everything I wanted to do and be everything I am. And I wanted to find a unique way to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Title IX. And I came across some amazing research, which totally hits the sweet spot for your listenership, because there's a big element in business and entrepreneurship to it. And Ernst and Young did a study several years ago they found that 94%, 94% of all female C-suite executives played sports growing up, 94%. And more than half of those women played college sports. And so that created an undeniable connection between the life skills we learn as athletes, the teamwork, the coachability, the, the drive, the work ethic, the accountability, the time management. We could spend a whole you know, 30 minutes talking about all of those different life skills but how we as women are able to harness those and leverage those to reach the very highest of the heights in business. And when I saw that, the light bulb went off because, Kara, so often when we're seeing great stories about sports, it's about the elite of the elite athletes. And they're all amazing stories, right? But the reality is I, and I did D1 gymnastics, you competed in gymnastics. Most of us can't relate to the best of the best athletes, because if we were that talented, we would be still playing sports in whatever you know professional fashion that might be. But what is relatable to a broad swath of our community here of girls and women who played sports is that you don't have to be an elite athlete to benefit from everything that we learn playing sports and we learn playing at being athletes. And so I think it's a really important message because the unfortunate reality is for as many girls and women are playing sports and are beneficiaries of Title IX, girls are still leaving sports at a higher frequency and an earlier age than boys. Now, why is that? 
can be lots of reasons. Sometimes it's they know they're not going to get a scholarship. They know there's not a professional opportunity. A lot of times when girls are going through puberty and their bodies change, they don't feel comfortable in their athlete bodies anymore and they leave or they're bullied or they're still dealing with the stigma that girls shouldn't play sports, that they're, they look too masculine. So, you know, there's a whole social element of it too. And the women we speak with in She Got Game, Inspiring Women Inspired by Sports, teach us that you can play at any level and still reap all of the rewards of just participating. No, it, it's it's really incredible. I mean, some of the names, frankly, I did not recognize uh, until I started hearing them. And, and it was really a ton of fun. But two of them that I did recognize, Layla Ali and one of the greatest female boxers, of course, Muhammad Ali's uh, daughter, and of course, Sean Johnson, because of being the gymnast and and sort of watching her for many, many years. Both of these women have gone on in their post-athletic careers to be extraordinarily successful businesswomen. Yeah. But can you share, like, when you think back on those interviews in particular, like, what was it that kind of struck you? Whether it's those two or what were some of the things that people said that were just like, whoa, gosh, I never really thought about that. Well, I'll answer that two ways. To answer your question directly, the very obvious and consistent through line was that for as successful as all of these women are, and we've got some world-class athletes, but we also have industry leaders and um, women who are considered celebrities and newsmakers. Every single one of them spoke to how they were told they were less than they couldn't, they shouldn't, they were rocking the boat, told to stay in their lane. And when you hear that from women who have achieved at the level that they've achieved, we're talking not just Layla Ali and Sean Johnson, we're talking about Chelsea Clinton, we're Uh talking about Aisha Tyler, the Emmy award-winning actress who was the very first black female recurring character on Friends. She dated Joey and Ross. Uh, We're talking about Sheila Johnson, who co-founded BET, was the world's very first black female billionaire. We're talking about Amy Trask, who to date is the only woman ever to serve as the CEO of an NFL team. Every single one of these women, Kara, has been told, no, 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 there's no place for you here. And they persevered through that. They channeled their inner athletes. They believed in themselves. They heard no and no over and over again. And they broke through the proverbial glass ceilings. These are the pioneers. And even though we know Layla and Sean as amazing athletes, to your point, they have gone on to become incredible businesswomen. Layla has an entire lifestyle portfolio, which is completely antithetical to you think like this boxer who's rough and tough and she's she's done DIY shows on the own network. She has her own cookbook. She has spices. She has nutritional supplements, a whole portfolio. Sean Johnson and her husband have started a media company. They just launched like eight new podcasts and she has taken influencer, which I'm not sure 10 years ago, you and I would have considered that an actual career, but there are plenty of influencers who are easily clearing seven figures, doing what they're doing, and not only serving as brand ambassadors, 
but investing in companies and leveraging their brands to market and help them scale. And so, you know, ultimately, I think that's the through line. But I would say the other thing is just the variety of women that we're talking to. There are world-class athletes, there are celebrities, and there are industry leaders. And their common bond is that they all played sports and they all harness what they learn through sports to thrive. One of the reasons why I asked you to come on, too, we normally talk to founders and CEOs. Of course, you are a founder and CEO, too. But I think that there is this, you're right, most of these people, especially if you're female and you're an entrepreneur, I find most of them have done sports, at least through high school, many, many of them as well into college, too. But there's this factor of getting back up, building teams. You know, you can just spot it in people and it doesn't matter what kind of sport that they did. And I feel like that's what I was hearing even in Sean and in her interview that it was she continued to make mistakes. She does make mistakes. She made mistakes when she was growing up, but then she also made mistakes and was trying things that she wasn't sure whether or not they were going to work. And, you know, it was very visible, um, some of the mistakes that she has talked about. Uh, but, you know, that's part of her journey, right? And she knew that that wasn't going to end it for her, too. And I think having the confidence to know that, you know, you have to really own that and you have to go and take those lessons, take the fall, right? And then keep moving forward is something really, really powerful. So even if uh, you didn't play sports and you feel like, you know, what am I going to learn? I feel like there's a ton of learnings in there that you can, I found myself even reflecting back on things that maybe I learned early sure. on that I hadn't really paid attention to. Of course. And I mean, when was the last time that you had a founder on your show who said, absolutely, it worked the first time? It's just, it's, yeah, it's not it that happens. But if you're venturing into these entrepreneurial waters for the first time, no matter how many books you read, no matter how many stories you hear, you're confident that you've identified a white space, you've built out the business model, you have constructed the prototype, you've gone through however many prototypes to get to where you are to, you're at this point where you're ready to, you've got your go-to-market strategy. You're gonna fail. And one of the most critical keys to thrive in entrepreneurship is understanding how to process no and how to deal uh -huh. with failure. Sports is such a critical piece of that because it teaches us that failure is not something that should be in a, a personal indictment. Failure is a critical, critical key to success. And if we can teach ourselves just how to reconfigure the way we interpret failure in our minds from a negative to a positive, I've actually conditioned myself to get excited when I fail. Now, I know that sounds very counterintuitive to a lot of folks, yeah. but when I fail, it tells me that something needs to be tweaked, that there's an opportunity to learn, that there's an opportunity to grow and evolve. And when I do that, it's going to get me one step closer to yes, it's going to get me one step closer to success. And when you think about the difference between the entrepreneurs who truly thrive and the ones who crash and burn, I think that's one of the big elements. How do we take in and process and respond to failure and obstacles? 
Right. And and I think also just focusing on the really incredible things uh, that you did, right? I mean, Sean is is an amazing example of that and all that she accomplished. But then she had some things that she tried that she learned a ton. And then, you know, she then jumped back in and then was able to do some incredible things like build a whole business out of it. Um that is uh, is doing amazing. So I think like there's there's just a ton of lessons there as well. One of the things that I also picked up on too, which of course we've actually heard about over the years, is the addictions and the challenges yes. that go on for you know many athletes. And um, you know, you and I, I'm sure, saw many eating disorders, um, especially in gymnastics. I mean, it was. Um, you know, really bad. And I think that that is a key thing amongst a lot of female athletes that I've run into that, you know, the pressures and that they'll talk about it later on in life. They wouldn't necessarily talk about it, you know, younger while they were involved in it. But how often did you hear people talking about that? When I was growing up, never. Those or or I mean, as taboo. Oh, but yeah. In the series. So there were two particular episodes. You mentioned Sean. Another one is Bianca Belair. So if you have any listeners who are fans of WWE, Bianca is one of the greatest WWE superstars in the world. What a lot of people don't, if they're fans of Bianca, they probably know her story. What's interesting for those who may not is that. Bianca was a phenomenal multi-sport athlete, was doing track, gymnastics. She wanted to train for the Olympics in track. And she was told by more than one coach, because she's a little bit of a bigger girl, that she needed to lose weight. And she took that very seriously, developed multiple eating disorders, mental health disorders. And I feel very fortunate, Kara, that people like Bianca and Sean were very vulnerable and very raw. Uh We, yes, the focus of the audio series is that link between playing sports and success in business. But we go down all these different sorts of roads from eating disorders to mental health disorders, to racism, to social media. I, for young people, I would say if there was you know, one episode that that young people listen to, and this this goes for anybody who's on social media too, is Sean, because one of the things that Sean talks about is image. And until you get comfortable being your authentic self on social media, which is hard, because most mm-hmm. of the time, what do we see on Instagram? We see everybody living their best life. The reality is that's the life they want us to see, that most of the time, is actually not an accurate depiction of what life looks like. And for Sean, as somebody who was on the national stage competing gymnastics in the Olympics, being a brand ambassador for all of these different companies, there was this image that she felt she had to uphold. And when she really started diving into the social media space, it was hard for her to let down her guard, to let go of the perfectionism that comes with competing at a high level in any sport, gymnastics in particular, because of the way it's scored. And I just, listening to her be as vulnerable as she was, I just thought it was such a powerful discussion, not just for athletes, but for young women in general, because they are social media and digital natives. This is stuff they're dealing with on the regular in a way that 
you and I didn't when we were growing up. So yeah. I'm just I'm grateful for all of those vulnerable conversations. Yeah, no, I I think it's it's definitely something that is uh, is is uh, in many ways harder. Like you can't turn it off. It's not like you walk away from a meet. <laughs> yeah, right. You walk away from a meet and suddenly it's covered and um, it, it, you know it's it's me. I have a a family friend and and who's was a, the skier Nina O'Brien in the Olympics who went tumbling down <laughs> the hill and had a very bad break. And uh, it's great to hear that she's actually back and she's competing. But the number of people who had said, she's done, right? And she had to hear that over and over again on social media afterwards. She was still in a hospital, you know, in China, and she's hearing it's over. And finally, she had to sign off. You know, she couldn't listen to it anymore. So I think it's there are things like that that I think we didn't have growing up that you have to, you know, be thankful maybe uh, for in many ways. But I think that that was a great part of Sean's interview as well. So what is the best advice uh, that you have ever received uh, as it relates to sports and business, I guess? I mean, I view you as as somebody who has um, worn many hats and um, done an amazing job uh, in everything that you do, as far as I can tell. So I, um, you know, that is my opinion and um, and just absolutely a lovely person, too. So thank you. The best piece of advice. Huh. Um, well, I would say across the board, it is to trust your heart. When I decided that I wanted to go into sports, this was at a time when there were very few women. And I was, t I, to, to this day, I still get on social media, go in the kitchen, make a sandwich. You know, like women shouldn't be talking about football. Women shouldn't be covering sports. To this day, 2023, this still happens. So as you can imagine, it happened even more when I first made it to ESPN when I was 24 years old. But the reason why I was able to spend so many years on sideline in the studio for ESPN and CBS is because I knew in my heart what I was capable of doing. What I love about She Got Game, inspiring women inspired by sports, is that it's it it shows girls and young women what the possible looks like. But even if you don't have a role model, if you trust your heart and you uh -huh. follow your heart and for me, if you apply everything that you learned as an athlete when it comes to work ethic and drive and ambition and responsibility and accountability and all those things, you can do whatever you want. And uh, I, I've been a little bit unconventional when it comes to what women do when they grow up. And if it weren't for the fact that I had such conviction in my heart that this is what I was meant to do, I'm fairly certain I would have never been able to do it. No, I love that. And I think it, it is a uh, great example of somebody who is, uh, you know, maybe 90% ready uh, to go out and do something, but then you just go figure it out and and follow your heart and follow your passion, which is exactly what you've done. I know it sounds very done. simple, and, but, you know, it's <laughs> it's worked for me. Like, no, I 
I love it. Well, thank you so much. And such a great series. Everyone needs to go on to Audible and download this. Again, it's called She Got Game, Inspiring Women Inspired by Sports. Absolutely incredible. Bonnie Bernstein. Uh, We'll have all of the info in the show notes as well. But thank you for coming on and uh, giving us a lot more information on you and also the series overall and just really inspiring us with all of these stories. Thank you. And Kara, thank you to you because we need entrepreneurs like you who are thriving to lead the way and set the example. And thank you for having these conversations because they're they're so important. So I appreciate you. Awesome. Well, thank you. Have a great one. Thanks again for listening to the Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey, including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023. And goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.